everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Game Luster Podcast. I am your host today, Christine, and I am joined by Chloe. Hi, everybody. How's it going? And Trevor. Hello, everyone. And today we are going to be talking about our favorite video game, Hero and Anti-Hero. We'll see if we can fit in more than one. Uh, But before we get too deep into this subject, we're just going to go quickly through games that we are currently playing. So why don't we have Trevor start us off today? Sure. Um, And yesterday I was drawn back into Quake Champions after quite a long hiatus, or hiatus, uh, however that's pronounced. And the reason being is that they rolled out an August update, and... Well, for one, it added a new hero, Death Knight, which, if you don't know, Death Knight is one of the enemies from Quake 1, so I, I go for Quake lore. I love Quake 1 lore. If you reference Quake 1 lore, you've won my heart, basically, you could say. <laughs> so I this this drew me in. But I was, I'm a little disappointed by Death Knight's design because, as another Quake 1 hardcore fan pointed out, it, he kind of looks like something out of Skyrim, not exactly like the Death Knight from the original Quake. But it's a, a throwback to Quake 1 nonetheless, so it's appreciated. And in addition to adding that new hero, they've added in some new music by Andrew Holschult, who does... he He's done the uh, soundtrack for Dusk. Um, he also did the soundtrack for the Brutal Doom mod. He, he does... Um, the heavy metal style of game music that you would hear in, like, Doom or Quake 2. So they have that. And then also, most notably for me, they finally added bots to custom games, so you can set up a custom match with bots. And the the great thing about this is, is that now you have an arena to practice in. Practice in and just to get a feel for the game in without getting immediately destroyed by the pro or near-pro level players. Um... I was actually able to see what it's like to use quad damage for more than a second because in real online games, I'll if I ever miraculously get quad damage, I'll be immediately railed gun or killed in some <laughs> other way without even being able to blink, whereas now I'm actually able to get it and see, oh, this is what it's like. Um, so that's it's been a joy to have a training, a solid... They have had a training mode in it, but you just kind of jumped around and shot at targets. So it was great to have a solid training mode with these bots added, and plus it can be fun if you just want to play for pure fun to have a bot match to set up. I remember doing it all the time in Quake 3 or Unreal Tournament 2004 when I'd get burned out or beaten in online matches, being able to go and just set up something with bots was a nice little escape and a nice way to just experience the game without heavy competition. So it's it's been one of the most comprehensive updates that the game has had, and I I really liked what it added, and it made me kind of want to play again, and it's gotten me in a a perfect mood for QuakeCon, which I'll be at this weekend. Um, So that's that's been a good time again with Quake Champions. I'm a bit surprised that it's been around for a while, but they're just now adding a bot mode. It it seems like something, I don't know, I'm, I'm used to it just existing, in games like that, but it is a bit surprising that it took a while for it to um, be updated in the game. It is surprising, especially, as I noted, Quake 3, when that game launched, 
it had bots, uh, comprehensive bots built in it from the start. Um, it was standard practice. Unreal Tournament, Unreal Tournament 2004, they always started out with bots available. But lately, especially with early access or online-only games, um, they veer away from bots. I remember in the multiplayer for the Doom 2016 reboot, they did have bots, but they only popped into online games if other players dropped out. So it wasn't really a a full dedicated bot mode you can mess around with. Um, and then as far as I know, Overwatch has limited bot support itself, but now, thankfully, Quake Champions has added it, which will be great for new players, or like I said, people like me who occasionally need to have a break from just getting hammered by the many <laughs> hardcore Quakers out there in the, the online matches. Yeah, it's a, it seems good, and it's it's very timely for you. I mean, I'm guessing you... You partially went back to play it because of QuakeCon coming up, but also yes. it's convenient that an update came out recently as well. Yes. But I guess oh, it yes. makes sense they would update it right before having a convention. Yes. Yes, perfect timing all around. I was happy I'm because now I'm, I'm more hyped for QuakeCon, which is perfect. Yeah. I might even pay to get that inflatable rocket launcher. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, what about you, Chloe? Is there any games that you've been playing around with lately? Yeah, um, one that I've been playing really recently has been, um, it's been West of Loathing. I got it for the Switch like a little while back, and so I really enjoy it. Um, I can't, I haven't touched it in about a week, so I can't exactly remember um, where I'm at right now. I think I'm kind of in the end stages of the game. Pretty sure that I've gotten all the items that you can dredge out of the spittoons, so <laughs> that's been the important adventure. things. Yep, exactly. Every... I love the part with the spittoons. It's just so funny because they just keep talking about how disgusting it is. <laughs> and I'm just, just, for whatever reason, that just compels me to stick my hand through <laughs> the thing. So. <laughs> What's, yeah. uh, if you just like briefly can explain a little bit about the game, since I don't think it's one that a lot of people have heard of. Yeah, so West of Loathing is basically, um, it's a game that's kind of, the graphics are all very, they're all stick figures and everything, Mm -hmm. and it's just basically set in this, um, I guess kind of this Old West setting, I don't exactly know what the name for the world is, I think it's just Loathing in general, but um, you're just set you're just this person who just decides to go off away from their homestead to kind of make an adventure for yourself and um it's just really ridiculous and really hilarious like there's um demons that you can come across in the game and everything um there's just a bunch of different ways that you can kind of um customize your character too um my character has particularly spent a lot of time um with the dark arts so she's (laughs) a bit of a necromancer um i think that i've gotten like when you do certain things in the game, certain actions, it kind of affects um, your character's stats. So my character is emaciated. She has white hair. She <laughs> has just in general done like a lot of bad things with the dark arts, which she probably shouldn't have done. But um, that kind of affects like how muscular she is. And so um, there are things that I have to do to offset that. So certain items that you have to equip. So it can be a little bit of a challenge and it's kind of, um, it's kind of cool. I'm not really like a fan of tactical or like turn-based RPGs um, just because I like getting in there and I like mashing buttons and things like that. But it's been it's been a challenge um, to get through West of Loathing, and I've really liked it. Yeah, sounds good. 
I mean, it, it sounds like a, a pretty unique game, too, considering everything else that's been out lately. Like, just just explaining a... like It's like a trip when you explain it, because you go, it's a right. stick figure game that's kind of Western with spittoons where I'm a necromancer. <laughs> and, like, just that description alone makes me want to play mm. it, because it sounds right, so interesting. Yeah. It was, I first learned about it because Markiplier used to play it on his um, YouTube channel. He had a series going for it for a while. And so when it came out on the Switch, I was like, oh, I bet that that would be just a great game to play on the Switch. And so I got it um, for that one when it was on sale. So yay. Great. (laughs) Uh, I'll look forward to seeing anything you write about it in the future as well. Sounds like it'll be pretty great. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I haven't been playing a lot of games consistently lately. I've just been kind of dabbling in a couple different things every now and then. Um, my my constant like secret shame game that I'm constantly playing, even though I don't like admitting it, is I still play Cookie Run, which I said was a fluke like months ago, but I'm still playing think February. It. Yeah, so I was like, oh, I'm playing it because of this and this reasons. I still play Cookie Run. Like, let's be honest here. Like, it's still fun to play. Um, Even after those reasons have gone away. Yeah. And you can't lean on them anymore to explain it. It's like I have a Switch and I have my laptop fixed and I found my DS, but I'm still playing Cookie Run, so there's Mm. no excuses. The truth has emerged. (laughs) Besides that, I'm just obsessed with Cookie Run and I'm, I'm sorry. But... So I still play that on a like daily basis for a few minutes a day, and I've been playing Pokemon Quest a little bit on and off, because that's another type of game where you can only play for a short amount of time every day. I love the little square graphics for it. I think it's super cute. Um, the only one that I've been playing besides those is I have been playing the thief gold edition recently oh which for shame <laughs> but it's it's a it's a trip like really um because awesome. i don't know i i did the whole live tweeting while i was playing it mm-hmm. and it's definitely like it's such an interesting franchise i like the elements of sneaking around and like going into the dark spots and things um i I think I've mentioned this to people I talked to about the game before, but, you know, you forget how difficult games used to be and how unforgiving Mm -hmm. they were. Like, because Thief was around... Yeah, 98. And there was no no autosave. So if you're not saving constantly and you die, it's like, well, start from the beginning. You're like, oh, wait. Oh man! You're like, wait, where's where? What 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 happened? And they're like, well, you didn't save, you idiot! And I'm like, oh my god, I have to go all the way back to the beginning because I'm just so used to being babied by like Zelda and other games where it's like, oh, it's okay, you auto saved five minutes ago, so you have files, you can go back. This one, it's like I have to every time I'm about to do something, I save. Yes. Every like every single time, yes. and if I don't, there is so much regret. And I, I have to do the um, the saving style my brother taught me where you kind of alternate in case you really mess up and you have to go back further. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad I do that because 
uh, I was in a stage and I set off the alarm and I was like, I can probably make it through the stage even with the alarm going off. No, you nope. cannot. <laughs> and so I kept going through and I kept being killed over and over and over. I was like, okay, I'm just going to go back before I set off the alarm. And then I made it through in like 10 minutes. So Makes a difference. Yeah. But I felt like such an idiot because... Um, when I was doing another one, I, I was just climbing up ladders and I would fall off of them and die. Oh, hey, that, that happens to me all the time. <laughs> yeah. It happens to, it, it probably would happen to Garrett if he played Thieves, so don't, don't worry about it. Yeah. And so I, I was like, it's okay. I don't, I was like, it's pathetic to save after every ladder I go up. I'm not doing that. It's not. And I found out, no, it's really not, because I would be like, there's the horn, and then I'd fall <laughs> off the ladder, and then have to start from the bottom again, and I was like, okay, every time I get up one ladder, save, and then go up the next ladder, save, and I just kept doing that, I was like, okay, I made it, <laughs> so. Now, there is, there is an option, if you haven't looked, you can change ladders to where you either have to jump on and off, or hit the crouch key to detach. I mean, either way, it's still hard to mess with them. I had no idea, actually. So maybe maybe that, in hindsight, would have been good to ask about or look into. But And how, how exactly, before we, we move on, um, how exactly do you play Thief? Are you using a lot of the items and arrows, or are you trying to ghost it, meaning you take a minimalistic approach where you try not to use anything? I would say... Like, where would you fall? I would say maybe a balance between them. Like, I I okay. try to avoid conflict with like, when I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and try to sneak around when I can. But I'm also a very DPS-driven person, so I can't mm-hmm. resist hitting people sometimes. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, just shooting, like, arrows through little windows and things like that to get rid of people it's like this is probably not the smartest idea but i really Mm. want to it's tempting um when it comes to the areas that have zombies in them my approach is to run like hell and never look back that's my approach there like you can sneak around like no i'm just gonna run for it and i just ran screaming out loud (laughs) through the tunnel like i can do this (laughs) every time they jumped out i was like if i keep running they won't get me (laughs) and i know i'm supposed to be more strategic about this but i was just running around in circles avoiding zombies that were following me and then i'd turn a corner and there'd be one right there and i'd scream and turn around and then there'd be all the ones following me and i was like i just gotta get up to a ladder or something (laughs) then hey that's a fine (laughs) approach don't worry about it i mean i don't i'm not like that anymore of course you know after years of playing i i never get like that at all ever but um (laughs) it's happened before hey just just remember um if you have holy water don't be afraid to use it yeah, and I, I didn't discover that you could put out torches with water arrows until later. There's a lot of things. Like I said, I think when you're playing so many modern games, you forget what it was like to play games in the 90s and in the early 2000s and having to actually try things out and look into things yep. and read manuals and mm-hmm. save constantly because now it's just you get tutorials and you get autosave and everything's done for you like even the map system in thief it's like here's a map it doesn't show you like oh 
you know, pinpoint your location exactly. It doesn't, like, mark the spots you need to go to. It's like, here's a map. Navigate it. You're, like, looking yeah. around, like, okay, so where's the statue that I should be next to? And you actually have to read a map, which feels very adventurous, but also very, very old school to me. Like, it reminds me of going on road trips and, like, pulling out the big guide of maps. I'm like, okay, where are we on the freeway? Yes. So, <laughs> I, it's like, it's nice to have GPS sometimes, but it's good to, to go back to the old way sometimes as well. So it's kind of a fun break between playing like more modern games and more silly games and going mm-hmm. back to playing games from the nineties and being like, ah, this is what it used to be like. And people think, oh, games are so hard now. And I was like, ha, try going back right. and playing these games, kiddos. Right. <laughs> And and one one other thing I wanted to note. Well, I will say there there get to be some interesting and fun maps to look at in that game. But the other thing I wanted to note is, you talk about there being no auto saves, and that's true. I've I've gone back to games and I've gone several several hours without saving, just assuming there are auto saves, and then oh, I got to start back at the beginning of the level. But another take I find is sometimes when I come to new games, I'm dismayed by there not being quick saves because when I'm playing these old games I love just being able to quick save wherever I am and then I come to new ones and there's no quick save option there might not even be a manual save option you can only have the auto save so it can go either way oh that's true the ones where games where there's actual save points sometimes can be a little frustrating Mm -hmm. because it's nice to just be able to save anywhere anytime during the game yes Compared to, like, oh, I hope I find a bonfire before I'm murdered and lose all my souls. Like, that yeah. kind of game. But, yeah, so it's definitely fun. I'm looking forward to playing more of it. I haven't been able Yay. to for a while. Um, but hopefully I'll be able to go back in and finish the first part of the series, at least. And hopefully move on to more of them afterwards, because I'm enjoying myself. Yes. Hopefully. So. I will be praying for you. (laughs) Um, So let's move forward a bit with our discussion. Um, So today, as I mentioned before, we're going to be talking about heroes and antiheroes in games. And I think first, to start off, why don't we talk just a little bit about how we would even define this? Because it's interesting how people define what even makes a hero what makes an anti-hero maybe it sounds a little cheesy to talk about that but i think it's good to to sort of go over our general opinions before we choose exactly who we want to talk about so we're going to start off i think talking about heroes so before going into your choices why don't we talk just a little bit about um what you think it is that makes a hero. I sound like someone from Hercules right now, but what makes Mm. a hero? So let's start with Chloe then. Yeah, I think um, what makes a hero is really kind of someone that, I guess, fights for their own set of morals, not necessarily something that, maybe not necessarily morals that are universally shared by its people, but they have like their own set of morals and values that they want to strive towards. Mm Usually heroes, I would say, try to do um, try to do good. Some heroes, I guess, can be a little bit um, 
unintentionally destructive in that they can be headstrong or stubborn or not really be considerate of either um, different paths or different options to take. But I think of just as a hero as someone that I guess has a more defined sort of persona. Mm. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Um, Trevor, what what do you think? What would you say would define a hero in your book? Well, it's I've had some trouble because... At first, I just started thinking of any game protagonist is a hero, right? Um, but then I started realizing that sometimes protagonists don't really do anything. They just get lucky or subject to a series of events. And I started thinking, well, maybe a hero has to be not just a protagonist and maybe even a side character, but it has to be someone who takes action and takes action clearly for the good. And really, um, I was thinking of Gordon Freeman. Um, I don't know why exactly him, but he's he's in my roster of gaming protagonists or gaming heroes. And I realized, would it, wait, should I even be thinking of him as a gaming hero? Because after all, I mean, I don't want to go into the details of every story bit in Half-Life, but the basic gist is he initiates a disaster just in an experiment and then the rest of the game, he's just responding to it, trying to survive and escape. And all along the way, he's helped by others, like other scientists or um, security guards. And he always just is told what to do, and he has some lucky situations. And I started thinking, wait, is this a hero? A guy just kind of, he, he, he helps make a mistake. Then he's just responding as anyone would, wanting to survive. He's always getting help from other people. And you could even say that some of the aliens you kill in the game are just, you know, they're victims of this experiment where they're transported into the human world and they're just trying, they're just these little animal things trying to defend themselves. Not all of them. Some of them are more aggressive, but some of them are clearly just little animal things. And all the while you're killing them, I started thinking, so Gordon Freeman is the protagonist, but does that make him a hero? And that can be expanded, of course, the general question of... Our heroes always go, our protagonists, I guess I should say, our protagonists you play as who end up indirectly doing good things or defeating the bad guy, are they always going to be heroes? And I thought, well, not necessarily. I think they have to really take direct, self-driven action, clearly seeking to do good, which I cannot define Gordon Freeman as a hero by. <laughs> oh, I think I think that's a pretty good definition as well. I think when I was trying to figure out what exactly qualified as a good hero to me, I think it's, I had a very old-fashioned way of thinking of it when I started, which was basically, you know, the hero is the one who fights the bad guys, light against darkness, good versus evil, very typical, you know, fairy tale Disney-type hero. Um and I think it's similar to what both of you said, something about something with their sense of morality, having their own set of morals, their own reason for fighting, and also having a reason to fight beyond their own personal gain, but maybe for the benefit of others. And I think there's a look for heroes, and I also think that there's an element of sort of sacrifice when I think of a hero character or someone who's heroic, there's usually to me an element of self-sacrifice that 
they they have somewhere in their story and an element of growth as well, like character development. But maybe I think I'll just launch right into it then and I'll go first here talking about heroes. The person that I chose is one that probably isn't too surprising if anybody has ever heard about my favorite game, which is Kingdom Hearts. Um, my favorite hero has to be Sora from Kingdom Hearts. He's the immediately what came to mind. Um, and I think he's such a classic hero because he literally is fighting darkness. He wields the power of light. True. He he has a very strong sense of morality. He's not going around just murdering people. He's a kid. And he has all these special abilities and powers and he just looks like a good guy. He <laughs> makes friends everywhere he goes. And when I played the game growing up and even when I play it now, when I see Sora, there's this part of me that's like, man, I wish I could be more like them. <laughs> like, they're such a good person. Mm -hmm. I want to be like them. And I think that's the same feeling kids get when they read a really good book with a good hero. They're like, ah, I want to be like him. And I always felt that way about Sora because he, he cares so deeply for others and for his friends and for people he just met. And is willing to sacrifice everything for their happiness, even though he just met them, even though he's a kid. And he grows so much as a character throughout the series, from being just this, like, spunky, friendly little island kid, to being, like, the grand chosen hero. But who he is never really changes, but he grows as a person, if that makes sense. And so I, I don't know. Plus he literally rescues princesses. So I think that makes him a hero as well. Yep. But yeah. So I think Sora is definitely my choice. I don't know if either, um, either of you have anything you'd like to say about Sora. If you want to add to that at all. <laughs> so that's well no. <laughs> um i mean all i can say here is i just started playing kingdom hearts recently so i can't speak mm. too greatly to sora as a character yeah i don't think i can speak i played kingdom hearts like a long time ago and mm. i don't think i can speak about his character but everything of what you're saying sounds pretty spot on is how i remember <laughs> him yeah i mean he's when i say sora you just picture some like smiling little kid with a big key, and you're like, oh, look mm. at that guy. He's, he's such a... He protect and he attack. Like, I just, I don't yeah. know. I like him so much. <laughs> so, and there's a lot of other ones I thought of, and they're even in the Kingdom Hearts series, but I don't know. I just think the way that he cares about other people above everything else and throughout the game is just sacrificing whatever to get that and his personal growth just makes me think yeah he's the best hero like uh, hands down best hero to me but again i'm a huge kingdom hearts fangirl and i talk about that on almost every podcast so <laughs> it's kind of obvious for me to choose someone from kingdom hearts um so why don't we move on then uh trevor who is your pick for best hero then well this this took me a while to iron out and even though I came to kind of an obvious choice, it still took me a while because, as I said, I, I was thinking of 
Gordon Freeman. And the interesting thing is, despite everything I said, uh, you know, I still, when I played the game, I still kind of wanted to be him. So, I don't know. He, maybe he is a hero, even though I kind of ripped him. But it wouldn't be him. <laughs> it wouldn't be him. And then I started thinking about other choices like uh, a Doom guy or a Quake guy. Although Quake guy, I mean, kind of like takes silent protagonist to an extreme. He's... You could even say he's a characterless protagonist. Um, then uh, their choices. Um, I thought about the guy in Bioshock, and that would be an interesting one to consider because, I mean, I know it's been out over 11 years. I don't want to get into spoiler territory, but, you know, you think about his potential motives and what drove him once you've beaten the game and whether or not he's a hero is an interesting thing to think about. And I kept thinking, and I, I thought about... Mario and Link, and and I I know it's it's obvious your choice was obvious. You love Kingdom Hearts and you chose Sora, and I I couldn't help but choose Garrett from Thief. And even <laughs> though even though it is an obvious choice for me because um like Chloe, in case you didn't already know, I am a huge Thief fan. But so it is an obvious choice for me. But it still took me a while to arrive at. And I think what really won me to choosing Garrett is because of how much I can relate to him and, and how he ends up falling into um, being, well, saving the world or whatever, you know, and, and how he comes to it. He starts out like anyone else. He's on his own. He's looking out for himself. Um, he's very independent and detached. Um, he never wants to join a thieves guild or anything. He wants to stay independent. And that that really connected to me. I've always had more of an independent draw. Um, but then, despite his life and his interest and his, well, self-interest, he always gets drawn into these larger-than-himself-saving-the-world plots, and he always lets on like he hates it and, and hates everything and is just looking out for himself, but occasionally you get a little look into a a softer side of Garrett, and I, I don't want to go into any details, of course, I would I would hate to spoil anything for Christine, but that spoke to me about Garrett. Plus, I just love, I love, like, the tools of his trade. Every hero has their tools, like, you know, you said Sora has his, his key, um, Keyblade, um, and Garrett has his, has his bow with all these different arrows, and you can even choose not to use any of them. Then he has his little blackjack and, and flash bombs and all that. Very, very muted items. He's not, he's not like a medieval warrior running into battle with an axe, you mm -hmm. know, he's, sneaking around with rope arrows and dousing things out with a water arrow and you know the most you know a guard might be walking through a manor and suddenly like where did all this moss come from you know like it, and that's that's <laughs> how Garrett approaches his targets and goes about his story and um, maybe he is an anti-hero and I guess that's what we'll be talking about next because he is more cold and gritty and just looking out for himself but hero Garrett anti-hero Garrett He's my Garrett, I guess, and I just, I couldn't <laughs> help but choose him. Yeah, I, I kind of figured that he would choose him either yeah. for a hero or anti-hero, maybe both. Yeah. But it is, it, I find it interesting, though, because even though most people would look at him and go, oh yeah, he's 100% anti-hero, to you, personally, you see him more as a hero. Yeah. Which I think kind of speaks to how, that's why I wanted to talk about what we see individually as being a hero because that's a little different for everyone. So someone that, you know, you might see as a hero, they might not, or mm -hmm. 
etc. So uh, I think depending on your personality and when you played a game and what it means to you can affect how you see heroes or villains or anti-heroes in the franchise. Definitely. Like some people some people might play a, a Star Wars game and go see a villain and go, this is a great hero for the Sith. But other people will play it and go, wow, this person's a villain. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, people who play Warcraft right now with Battle of Azeroth coming out, or Battle for Azeroth, um, there are people who absolutely hate some of the characters <laughs> on Alliance or Horde side, and there are people who absolutely love the same characters mm-hmm. on Alliance and Horde. And it depends on have they been playing Horde for the last, you know, five to ten years, or have they been playing Alliance? And that makes a big difference to how they view the characters as hero, anti-hero, or villain. So, yeah, I oh, think yeah. it it it's an interesting choice, that's for sure. Um... Okay, and lastly for heroes, we have Chloe. So who did you pick? Yeah, um, and I don't just say this because he's like one of uh, he's a protagonist for one of my favorite games, but um, Jack Russell actually from Radiata Stories. Ooh. And the reason why I like him is because he, um, you know, he's a very kind of classic hero in the sense that he starts off wanting to kind of fight for justice and he wants to be a knight and he wants to kind of save the world um and he is a very i guess he's he kind of um starts off a little pretty arrogant and then a little bit narrow-minded because i think that he thinks of himself as like a very classic hero and he's just going to be so prepared for this position as a knight but as he quickly finds out when he encounters like other people that are within the knights um, themselves, he realizes, oh, wait, I'm not really, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really as capable and qualified as I thought that he was. And so he kind of likes, um, experiences a lot of self-doubt, which I thought was really interesting. And then over the kind of the course of the narrative of the story, like he really develops his own sort of ideas about the world. And um, I find it kind of interesting also how in um, games that present or have like branching narratives and things like that where you can kind of choose what direction you want to be like you have the option to have uh jack either become the hero sort of to the fairy people or the fantastical creatures or he can be the hero of the humans and either side kind of has um presents good options but um it's really interesting to just see how he kind of develops and grows as a character he becomes just more prepared he becomes a little bit more open-minded and kind of tries to resolve situations by listening to um different different sides of the story and everything yeah and when you played the game which side were you usually trying to be the hero from (laughs) <laughs> I was always the fairy because I wanted to go with the, I, I always played the fairy side because I spoil it for myself when I was a kid mm. and I played the, um and I looked up like the ending for the human side and the ending for the human side is actually kind of tragic. So I, I avoided that entirely. <laughs> I was like, that's fine. I don't really need to know about the human side too much. Yeah. Um, so I always played for the fairy tale creatures largely because when it comes to the fairy tale creatures, they're pretty marginalized um, as a result of the actions taken by the human kingdom. Um, you know, there's a lot of like their minds are being for the dwarves, their minds are being shut down for the fairy creatures. They just feel like they're very looked down upon and that their culture kind of is being threatened by the humans and their constant need to expand um, their territories. And so it's really interesting to kind of see how, Jack 
looks at someone that's completely different from him and just he feels empathy for them mm-hmm. though it kind of also helps that his girlfriend is helping out the fantasy creatures so i guess <laughs> that if he wants to be with her he's got to side with them yeah uh, yeah that's that's a really interesting choice too because like you said they can be a different hero for different people and what type of hero they are is kind of affected by that as well Right, right. See, if Jack played for the human side, I would kind of almost view him as the villain mm. and maybe or or just at least just not the kind of hero that I would want. Um, so I think that that's kind of interesting how that sort of might impact people's perspectives depending on the player. I think fighting for like marginalized group is a very classic version of hero as well. Like we, right. we, we always yeah. want to see the hero fighting for, you know, the underdogs and for the people who can't fight for themselves sort of storyline. And let's be honest, humans in video games are usually the worst. So yeah. <laughs> it's not a surprise that someone, you know, that you wouldn't want to choose to be their hero. Anytime I play a game, if there's a anything other than humans i will choose the non-human option i'm like ugh, i have enough of humans mm-hmm. in regular life like, no thank you but um so moving on from that then unless anyone has any other questions or things they want to throw in for hero last chance um well um maybe a consideration of games where you create or mold your own character like um elder scrolls or fallout any hard set definitions or ideas on whether you've made this character completely from scratch, how do you make that character a hero? And how would that be different from a villain? And I guess beyond just, like, you know, choosing the bad option. Well, like in Skyrim, you know, like, which side do you choose if you want to be a hero? Um, Imperials or um, Stormcloaks? Or, or like in Fallout, you know, what do you specifically do? Um, I'm trying to wrap my brain for a specific example, but you know, like, there are obvious ones like blow up the town or let it stand, but what, how do you be a hero in games where you can really mold the character, basically? Mm-hmm. Mm, that's a good question. Mm, I have to think about that one. <laughs> I like I like games that sort of make you think about what kind of person you're going to be, and I think it shows what you consider to be good or bad. I think Infamous sort of does that. But they have a very clear, this is good, this is bad. Um, a kind of weird example would be uh, Epic Mickey is one where mm. you can choose to be like good Mickey or bad Mickey. And it's just too creepy to be bad Mickey, so I always chose good I can Mickey. imagine. Like, I haven't played that. Like... I mean, I read a lot about it. I'd love to go back and play it. But yeah, evil Mickey, that just, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, it was. It's very. It was very weird. And like, no, I, I feel uncomfortable with Mickey being evil. I mean, maybe you could make the argument that he always has been, but <laughs> to to purposely choose like vindictive things as Mickey just feels wrong. Um, but then there's also sort of the elements of games, um, like in Horizon Zero Dawn, where you kind of shape your character. Like Aloy, you can sort of be more strong, you can be more empathetic, you can be more wise, and, you know, it affects, maybe not hugely, but it does affect the game, depending on what choices you make. 
And always choosing the heart empathy, you know, choice may not make you the best version of Aloy or the goodest version of Aloy just because, oh, I'm always nice all the time. It could be a mixture or depending on who's playing, they might think, oh, that's not going to end up well. I'm not going to choose that option. So I like an example would be if you, it gets more and more philosophical when you think about it. Like if you have an option of kill this murderer or let the murderer free, then you think, okay, well, if I kill them, then I'm a bad person. But if I let them free and they go murder a bunch of people, I'm also a bad person. So which one is really the heroic option for me to choose here? Mm -hmm. And I like games that have consequences for those sorts of things. And then I think um, another, I haven't played it at all, but um, the game Detroit that came out recently as well has a lot of options for characters and, you know, for the paths that you want to take. And it really makes you think about what you consider to be good or bad when you're making choices. I haven't played it. I haven't played it either. Yeah. I've I've seen playthroughs of it. I've read a lot about it. Unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to play it. But I think that's a really good point because when you're playing a game, are you the hero? And if somebody saw my character in a game, the one that I've shaped by my choices, would they see my character as a hero like I do? Or would they be like, oh, that person's a jerk or that person's a softy? Like, well, how would other people view my version of Mickey, if they yeah. saw him, or my version right. of a character in any game where you make the choices like that. That kind of makes me think about um, in Skyrim how there's a point where if you want to adopt children from the orphanage, you actually need to murder the lady that runs the orphanage. <laughs> and thinking about that, because like you walk in and you know she's just evil. She's just yelling at these poor children. And, um, you know, you're just like, well, if I kill this lady, then that's great for these kids. I mean, these kids are traumatized, but then I get to adopt them. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I guess I, I kind of think about, about that as being more like a, a hero for my own selfish needs. Like, there's these cute kids, I don't want to <laughs> adopt them. You know, kind of that situation. But, yeah. Um, and then I think that, that making the decision to actually help the kids puts you in a little bit of an... Uh, a problematic situation later on or like you'll you'll be seen as a villain and your reputation mm -hmm. will be affected by that decision yeah i think a lot of it is perspective because if someone just saw you walk in an orphanage and kill the mistress <laughs> they'd be like wow that person's <laughs> terrible but you're like no i'm saving the children from abuse guys like no the context <laughs> yeah so context can be really important in those things and for you know your own perspective of what's going on maybe all the villains in the games that we play really are heroes to other people and exactly. we just don't realize it right well like like in skyrim um before we we move on like the choice between empire and stormcloak like what do you two think which makes you a villain i don't I don't know. I don't. I don't think I've ever really chosen a side between um, the two. Uh, I think I've largely tried to avoid picking a side because I kind of think that they're jerks yeah. on either side. They're, <laughs> they're bad people yeah. on like either side of it. And I play as um, 
uh, gosh, what's the term for it when you're one of the lizard people? It's the owl. Argonian. Argonian, yeah. I play as an Argonian, so everybody is nasty <laughs> to me. So <laughs> I try to not take sides. <laughs> Argonian and Skyrim. I would have to agree. It's yeah. like you don't really want to choose either. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry to, yeah. to shut down the question. It's like, uh, oh, no, either. it's fine. That's the legitimate answer. <laughs> That was it was a trick question. Yeah. Neither is the correct answer. <laughs> I think yeah, talking about perspective does help segue into antihero though, because I think that choosing an antihero, defining an antihero or anti hero, however you want to pronounce it, it has to do with perspective because basically going into how I would define an antihero it's somebody who basically is a villain, but not really. Like they, from all accounts, you'd think this person is a villain, but really deep down they're a good guy, or they're they're actually helping, maybe not in the right way. And it's easy to just go, "Who? What's an antihero? Oh, it's like a, you know, gritty Walter White person." Like it's easy to <laughs> off the top of your head just be like, you know, it's like a hero, but they're edgy. Yeah. But, <laughs> you really think of an anti-hero like what makes them an anti-hero and i am was trying to like read up on you know different people's opinions to try to form my own a little bit better and i think it's somebody who you could see as a villain or a hero based on perspective and you they the sort of cliche term is trying to do the right thing the wrong way like they're they're doing the right thing but they're just going about it the wrong way it's like the difference between, I don't know, Superman and Punisher. It's like, they're both getting rid of bad guys, but you have, not even Superman, I would say Batman. Because Batman's like, I'm not going to kill anybody. Killing's bad. But then you have other people who are like, yeah, I'll, I'll kill people because they're evil. And it's better for me to kill them. And I think that's just perspective. <laughs> I don't know. But so f I would say my definition of antihero is someone who's you could see as a villain. They're doing things that are technically bad that most people would see as these are bad actions, but they're doing it for the greater good. Or maybe they're just doing it for their own good and they don't realize that what they're doing is seen as bad by everybody else. They're just sort of following what they think is right and what should be done. But in this case, that's not actually what should be done maybe or maybe they're slightly more selfish but the easy definition is an edgy version of a hero <laughs> so i'd like to hear your guys's perspective a little bit more because i don't feel like i'm formulating this very well or articulating it well yeah i think that what you said though about a um an anti-hero being someone maybe a little bit more selfish would actually kind of be what i would that's how i think of an anti-hero mm. is someone that maybe necessarily doesn't really i think of a hero as someone that fights for like their own um set of morals and for truth and justice and all that but when it comes to an anti-hero i think of someone that really just kind of fights for themselves mm. i suppose um they're largely just kind of concerned about their own motives less concerned with those um with others around them um, you know, maybe they have someone close to that it's important for them to protect, but, you know, some random stranger, um, or someone that's really an acquaintance, maybe they don't care so much about, yeah. and they don't feel bad that they don't care about those other people. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah, so it's kind of how I think about that. Yeah, it's like the difference between being like a very lawful good person who's like, I will always choose what's right, even if, like, I will always follow the law no matter what, because I'm good. But then there's people who are like, I'm good, but you know, sometimes I I don't care about those people, or I'm going to do what's good for me, or um, I think another example could be using those sort of archetypes of like lawful good somebody who's more like chaotic good who's just like doing doing what they want to do and they do what they think is right regardless of what the laws might be is the type of Mm -hmm. person who's like i'm gonna steal from all these people and give it to orphans and someone's like wow look at that thief they're terrible but like actually they're giving it all to orphans so it's technically breaking the law but they're doing it for the greater good but i i like Mm -hmm. that definition you said of it's more of a selfish motivation than it is. And I think that kind of goes with what I said about how I think a hero is someone who's very truly selfless. An antihero being the opposite of that would be somebody who's more selfish. But if there's anything else you want to uh, expand on there, Chloe. No, I think that, that I think that that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And um, what about Trevor? Anything you want to add about how you would pick an anti-hero well we've both mostly hit the nail on the head um i guess the only consideration i would throw in is what line is there between anti-hero and villain though you kind of already answered that by saying they work for good motives but could a villain work for good motives too um and then and then i kind of thought is there such a thing as an anti-villain like a opposite you know (laughs) example on the other side like and what would that even be like um so an anti-hero is someone edgy and bad working for the good would an anti-villain be someone who's really good and and straightforward you know working for something bad um i don't know my so again my only consideration would be where exactly do we draw all these lines if you have like a quadrant of villain hero anti-hero and then my little anti-villain thing like where (laughs) exactly do you draw the lines the question is where would you draw the line going first then (laughs) well um i would say that an anti-hero you you divide an anti-hero from a hero if like you said an anti-hero is mainly working for selfish means and you could even say if an anti-hero is working towards bad or evil means and they just happen to intersect with a good cause, you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, then villain and my little anti-villain thing, well, that's kind of silly. I don't know if I want to pursue that anymore. But then you divide <laughs> you divide anti-hero from a villain because the villain would never even intersect with a good cause or accidentally work for a good thing. They were always working for bad things, but then... You throw in the perspective of us who who determines what the bad things are and and all that, and it just gets all crazy and out of whack. I I think <laughs> the basic point here is that, um, you know, trying to come up with a specific terminology for heroes and villains and antiheroes and all this, it's a very messy enterprise, you could say. Yeah. When you really look into it, it gets, like, blurrier and blurrier, and then you're like, what even is good? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't think about it too much, because then you just you just kind of rabbit hole and jump down the rabbit hole, and you're like, well, I'm lost in this train of thought forever. I'm questioning 
everything. <laughs> Question everything. Who's good? Who's bad? Who even knows anymore? Yeah. <laughs> well, because like in, in Thief or even the spiritual successor Dishonored, I mean, so many of the people and organizations you're robbing from are like evil and corrupt themselves. So you wonder, well, you're the thief, you know, stealing from them, maybe even depending on how you play murdering, but all these groups and people, as you find out from the game's backstory, are just like filthy and corrupt, you know, and so you wonder like, is there anyone good in such a setup? Yeah. There is no one who is actually good. I mean, you know, I think going off on your um from your anti villain Mm-hmm. Trying to think of how I would define that if I had to. If I say that a hero is selfless and an anti-hero is selfish, then I think that a villain is one maybe absolutely selfish and only pursues what they think is best, maybe? Or they just... They just... You could just go with the very, very far end of the spectrum villain... Somebody who hates all living things and good and just wants everything to die would mm-hmm. be like the ultimate villain. Like their their enemy is just life and happiness. So maybe if you had to choose an anti-villain, it would, maybe that would be the type of villain who's more. Hmm, they're they're trying to do good, but for other evil people. <laughs> I kind of think of um, when you mentioned like. Uh, anti-villain I think I kind of think of Thanos in a way because Thanos is trying to do things that are you know good but he's also doing them going about them via very evil and diabolical means and not really letting anybody else I mean you know you kind of take a step back and you're like well I mean that's that's nice that you want all these things for like the people within the universe but at the same time you want to eliminate half of the people in the universe (laughs) so it's just like (laughs) yeah I oh I agree I think I think you just you just solved it. I think then Thanos would be an anti-villain <laughs> because think about it. He's not, he's obviously not good. He's not an right. anti-hero. He's not really a villain either though, because like his motives are technically for the greater good, but I would never call him a hero. So I guess he's an anti-villain. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not very, <laughs> would not like his motives and everything. <laughs> like yeah. that gosh any of his methods I'm... most any of his, his motives are... but technically he he makes a solid point in a way in a way <laughs> in a, in a, yeah can't really be like yes i agree with him like i'm not gonna be like yeah i'm so edgy i agree with thanos murder everyone like for <laughs> right, the greater no. good but it's like yeah he's not he's doing it what he thinks is best but his way right. of doing it is so bad but it worse than you could be an anti-villain for doing it your own way because he's not being selfish either technically like he technically thanos does give up things for this ultimate goal of his and he's being selfless but in a very weird villainous way Mm -hmm. so yeah i think there we go we've got we've got the spectrum figured out here of of hero villain anti-hero anti-villain so let's go into, I think we can figure out more about how we define anti-hero as well as we go into our picks. So I will 
toss it back to Trevor for your pick for anti-hero. Well, I did a lot of thinking about this one, too. And actually, just during this podcast, when I mentioned Bioshock, I thought, well, could the the Bioshock protagonist be an anti-hero? And then I thought about um, Booker DeWitt in Bioshock Infinite. Would he be an anti-hero or perhaps even a villain if you've played the game all the way through to the end? Um, you know how crazy it gets. So I had a lot of considerations going through my mind, but I chose, and again, no surprise here, I guess it's inevitable that all of us will always choose characters from our favorite series or our <laughs> favorite characters, but um, I would choose as my favorite anti-hero, uh, Wario, um, the Mario's cousin or however he's related to him. And specifically, I'm thinking of Wario and Wario Land 2 because... and. He might even be a villain in that game. I don't know because in Warrior Land 2, the premise is uh, this group of pirates, the Brown Sugar Pirates, steals Wario's treasure. And the whole point of the game is you're just trying to get back your treasure. So it's not even like Thief where you, in a selfish enterprise, you intersect with doing a good thing. It, there's no, like, good pursuit of Wario's in that game. Uh, the villain, he's... Um, hunting down and needs to defeat Captain Syrup. Um, she's not like terrorizing everyone. She just stole Wario's treasure. And the kicker is Wario's treasure he got because he stole it from Captain Syrup in the first Wario Land. So, <laughs> so he might even be a straight up villain. But as it is in that game, um, the Brown Sugar Pirates are presented as bad. They're presented as thieves. And Captain Syrup is as well, and Wario's going after them purely for selfish means. And along the way, you end up killing some things like ghosts and zombies and big monsters and stuff. So maybe he's doing some amount of ridding the world of bad. So I'd have to say Wario, and specifically the Wario Land, not WarioWare, but the Wario Land Wario, I would have to say is my favorite anti-hero. Uh, I I was thinking that would probably be your pick for anti-hero, <laughs> oh. too. Because when I was looking it up, I think everyone kind of does this. You, you're like, I just want to look up, you know, a list online to make sure I'm not forgetting someone. And I saw Wario on an anti-hero list, and I was like, yep. someone's going to pick him. <laughs> like, it's, uh. it's going to happen. But everyone thinks of him as a just pure villain, but is he really? I mean... Some amounts of hero, some amounts. He's not. I mean, I would, I would even argue honestly that Bowser's <laughs> not fully a villain. Ah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Bowser. He he just wants a wife. Like, come on. Yeah. And I've argued before how Baby Bowser is just the absolute best, and I right. see nothing wrong with Baby Bowser. <laughs> like, right. He's he's just a brat, but like he's an adorable <laughs> brat, and he doesn't really do anything that that. He does mischievous things, but he's not evil. Like, it's hard to argue anybody in the Mario universe is, like, a cosmically evil villain, at least of the main group of characters. except maybe Waluigi, but that's (laughs) a different topic. And But the question is, so you think of him as one, you think he was your favorite character, but what do you think makes him your favorite antihero above other antiheroes? Um... Well, part of it's personal, just, you know, the the basic reason I I played the Wario Land games at a young age, and they've stuck with me over the years. Um, 
Then part of the other reason would be that Wario doesn't try to hide anything, I guess you could say. He's... He doesn't try to hide the fact that he's selfish, he sticks to himself, he just wants to stay in his big castle on his island and only goes out on some adventure or journey to get his treasure back when it's been stolen. So that would be why I like him so much, is that he doesn't try to hide it. Hmm. He's just who he is. Yes. Completely. Oh, that makes sense. Um... Then let's go on from there, since we're going over time a lot here. <laughs> um, let's move on to Chloe's pick. Yeah, um, so I was kind of thinking maybe like Meta Knight from Kirby, because the oh. Kirby games, because I don't know which ones in particular he did good things, but I've noticed that over the type, um, over kind of the different games, he kind of changes sides, so sometimes he might be the villain, and then other times you might get the option to play as Meta Knight, therefore mm-hmm. he would be the hero, and I think that, that I'm kind of thinking back to the old Super Nintendo 64 game, but then also May, actually, from um, Night in the Woods. Just kind of oh. thinking about kind of thinking about her and how, I mean, ultimately she is trying to save her town, but then there are some things that she does in her personal life which are pretty selfish, which doesn't m- necessarily make me think of her as a, as a hero. Yeah. Um, so I kind of think that she enters almost that... Um, that anti-hero perspective because there are sometimes when she's like having conversations with her friends and she's maybe not saying the most supportive things or she's forgetting things like she forgets about B's mom and what happened with B's mom and that's a little bit um upsetting for B mm-hmm. um there's that time where she goes to the woods and then she gets completely wasted and then her friends have to take care of her and she's just kind of a she's kind of a mess like she's yeah. a lovable mess um and she's got her own things and certainly she's not necessarily she's not evil um but would i say that she's an entirely good person no um flawed but flawed and but not an entirely good person yeah I think you could say that part of being what people would think of as an antihero is somebody who has flaws. They're not perfect. Mm-hmm. They're not smiling, always perfect, Superman, Clark Kent kind of person. Like, they have their flaws, and that kind of makes people like them more, actually, because it's it's more relatable, I think, to have a, um, a hero in a franchise, or a protagonist, I should say, in a, in a franchise that isn't perfect, because you're like, well, that's nice because I'm not perfect. <laughs> right. It's nice to not have to play a game where I'm playing this person who's just always perfect and always does the best thing and they're the nice and they're the friendliest. Like, I think May is a really good choice because of that because she has her issues, but you could never really hate them and you would never say they're a villain, but you would never right. be like, they're the clean cut hero and they're perfect either. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. And I like your choice of Meta Knight as well, because I just, Meta Knight is cool. (laughs) He's just very cool. Like, I just kind of think of, when I think of Antihero, I also, like, like you were mentioning earlier, I think of people that are edgy, kind of, and I'm just like, who's edgier than Meta Knight, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Like, they're just cool looking. Like, you can't help it. Like, I don't want the, like, classic looking hero. I want the cool, like, looking hero. Right. I want the one that's, like, dressed in black with skulls on them. Like, that's the hero I want. Right. 
I mean, going back to talking about Kingdom Hearts, unfortunately, here, um, mm. when I was younger, like, I loved Riku because Riku was kind of like the darker version of a hero in, in Kingdom Hearts. And I was like, Sora's great. Like, I still love Sora. I still think, like, wow, I wish I could be more like Sora. But then I was just like, man, Riku just looks so cool. He's just, I was like, man, he's dope. Like, I just like Riku. Like, I like how he looks. I like, like, his stubborn kind of attitude and everything. And whenever I would watch um, the Kirby show as a kid or play Kirby games, I was Yay. like, man, Meta Knight is so dope. Like, I just like, <laughs> right. like, I wish that Kirby would be more like Meta Knight sometimes. <laughs> Sorry, Kirby. Oh, yeah. But no take backs. Um. Well, what if Kirby sucked up Meta Knight and swallowed him and became like his Kirby Meta Knight? Then he's just like perfect. Like Smash Brothers. Like Brawl. Yeah. I can't even remember how it happens in Brawl. What is he like? Do you know? Oh, or have you played it? Uh, I haven't played Brawl, no. Hmm. I'm trying to remember what happens when Kirby swallows Meta Knight. He becomes 100% cooler, probably. Yay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I have to look this up now. <laughs> Meta Kirby. Yeah, now I feel like Meta Kirby. <laughs> I think he has like the cape on or something. Maybe something on his head. He does have the sword. I'm trying to remember. I've, you know. Let's see. Uh, he gets like little tiny wings and a mask, it looks like. Maybe. I think so. St- yeah, and then a sword. Okay, he still looks too adorable. <laughs> I'm just looking at this picture of him right now, and I'm like, aw, you little Kirby. He looks like he's dressing up as Meta Knight for Halloween. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want like, to throw candy at him. <laughs> like, good job on your costume, mm. cutie. <laughs> he's like, no, take me serious. <laughs> Maybe he should, like, his skin should turn, like, purple or something. Oh, yeah, know. that could work. That, that maybe that work. would add to the look. Well, but... can you select? I mean, you can select different skins in Brawl. Like, maybe that could actually be a reality. There you go. Just start off as, like, a darker-skinned Kirby, Swallow Meta Knight, and then you're just, like, the ultimate hero. There we go. Ultimate hero. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> ultimate hero is Kirby plus Meta Knight. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Going into my choice for Antihero, I'm going to say one that I don't think a lot of people will agree with me on. And I'll be honest, I kind of picked this because I was like, this might bring up a pretty interesting discussion. I chose for my Antihero, I chose Mario. Because I... I do not what? think this that Mario is, is a hero. And this is where we start having <laughs> arguments. So... <sighs> Let me let me think through this. Okay, so Mario, point number one. I could even argue that he's a villain, but I'm not going to go that far. Wow. Because that might be too far. <laughs> tell us how you really feel. <laughs> yeah, uh, just tell us how you really feel. I hate Mario. <laughs> um, so fact number one, though, about why Mario is not fully a good guy. In the original Super Mario Brothers... If you look in in the description in the manual, it says that the residents of the Mushroom Kingdom were churned into objects, such as bricks and blocks. Which means 
that every time that Mario smashes something for points, he's killing a member of the Mushroom Kingdom in the Super, Super Mario Brothers game. Objection. So first of all, he's murdering people to get That's points. That's horrible. <laughs> like, oh, no. he's but doing he it know? to ultimately save know. them. He doesn't know. <laughs> he's murdering people. And he he technically doesn't really have like authority. He's more like a vigilante. Like he who who's authorizing the the plumber to rescue the princess? Like he's like, I'll do it because I want to get with the princess. Like his it's easy to argue against probably, like, no, Mario is really good, like he cares about them, but like he care he's he just wants to get Peach. And <laughs> Bowser wants to get Peach too. But everyone says Bowser's the villain, but Bowser just wants to be with Peach and marry her. But if Mario wants to be with Peach and marry her, suddenly he's the good guy and Bowser's evil. But Bowser kidnapped her. <laughs> yeah, that's how I thought of that. Maybe she wanted to be kidnapped. <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I do have a, well, my brother and I have a fan fiction. Different topic, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he... The other thing is that Mario, if you play games, um, other games, Mario is pretty mean to other people. He's pretty mean to Luigi consistently. And I think that because he goes after Peach and he doesn't care if he has to take out all the little Koopas and Goombas and everyone else to get what he wants. He doesn't, he doesn't really care. And he's not traditionally handsome as some people would consider heroes, which would make him more of an anti-hero. His character doesn't develop at all over time. He's still Mario all the time. He doesn't grow as a person. And he's... I, I don't know. I just feel like everything he does is very self-serving because who benefits the most from re from rescuing the princess? Mario does. Like, I don't know. I, I don't think of him as a hero. I can't think of Mario as, like, clean-cut good guy. I can't help but think of him as an anti-hero. Well, you do bring up some good points. <laughs> but I would be interested, and I can, I mean, there are some obvious differences, but how would you differentiate him from Link, then, since they're kind of cut from the same cloth? I mean, does Link just want Zelda, etc.? And I know there are differences. I'm just picking your brain. <laughs> I mean, Link is trying to... to get rid of Ganondorf. And Mario's I mean, trying to get rid of Bowser. But but Bowser isn't that evil in my opinion. Well you don't it know what he did. More like, it feels more like like he's fighting Bowser because he doesn't like Bowser. Like that's what it feels like. But Bowser Link, Link is the chosen hero and he has the power of light and he's fighting very clearly evil things to save Hyrule from darkness and he has to get Zelda because she has the Triforce that he needs to be able to seal Ganon. And he may not necessarily but, be like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm get with the princess, but I feel like Mario feels that way because he insists on getting a kiss every time he rescues her. I'm just saying. That is true. But it's a kiss <laughs> on the nose. Come on. And, and like, Oh, I had a point. What was it? Come back to me. Um, Mar but see, that's the point. Link is the chosen hero, but Mario is just a lowly plumber. 
He's a lowly plumber and bark. I mean, you know, Bowser, for all you know, he could have raided the Toadstool Kingdom castle and murdered <laughs> the king and all that. And then this lowly plumber comes in to rescue the princess. He could just be wanting to restore royalty. Missy, people could think of it as an underdog story like that, but I see it more of an anti-hero story because he's he's going to rescue her by any means necessary and doesn't care who that affects. He's an opportunist. And he he insists that he does it. Like he he's like, uh, screw you, Luigi. Like I want the princess. I'll rescue her myself. Like I feel like, uh, I don't know. Well, I can. I mean, I'm. (laughs) I'm partly playing devil's advocate here. I can relate to Luigi as a younger brother myself. Um, and I do see your point. Like with Link, there is that greater context of the tri- the Triforce. Whereas Mario, it's just him doing his thing. And like with, with Ganondorf and Ganon, he is clearly, it is clearly established. He's wanting to reestablish evil in the land. But Bowser, you never really know. It could be if he gets to take Peach away, he's cool and leaves everyone alone. So, I mean, you do make a, a good case. I feel like not all of the enemies in Mario are evil and they don't necessarily need to be killed. But Mario was like, I'm going to kill them anyways. Like, I'm going to smush all of them to get all the coins. <laughs> like, those fishes aren't doing anything. Why are you killing all those fish, Mario? Like, why are you killing all those <laughs> caterpillars? Like, the the piranha plants just mind its own business living in its pipe and you got to come in there and fireball it to get to a secret area. Like... He's doing things for his own benefit, which you could argue is just video games in general is doing things for your own benefit. But I can't see Mario as a clean cut for the greater good hero. I see him. I didn't say he was a villain. I said he's anti-hero. He's not traditional yeah, hero at all. That's true. He's he's not. You know, he's not Link. Like he's yeah. not. Oh, look at that cool guy with the power of light who's conventionally good-looking kind of thing yeah, like he's a plumber he's, he's, he's like <laughs> come on like he's a little he's a little plumber guy like he's he's not a traditional mm-hmm. hero in any sense and i don't think that he i think he has his flaws i don't think he's perfect i think he's kind of a jerk sometimes yeah and i think that deep down his motives are selfish even if there's a bit of, I want to help the Toads. And I think it also depends on what Mario you're looking at, because now the more modern Marios, they really want to make him the good guy since he's like the face of Nintendo. They can't make him mean anymore. But the further you go back, it's like, he's he's not a great person. And don't don't even get me started on what he did to Donkey Kong. Oh. That was messed up. <laughs> he was very mean. And also, he abandoned yoshi to fall to his death in a pit so he could finish a level and that was also not nice of mario to do so that's true i would argue that mario is not perfect and that makes him an anti-hero and not a hero and yeah and case case closed and maybe (laughs) maybe there's history between him and wario because wario first appeared in super mario land 2 and I, I'm trying to remember, like, the story set up was, like, Wario took over Mario's castle and sealed him off from it. So, of course, Wario had to die. But, like, was there some history <laughs> between Mario and Wario where he, like, spurned Wario the way he does Luigi? Yeah. See, we don't we don't know the full story. And, you know, he wants Peach, but then in Super Mario Land, Mario's going after, you know, the princess of Saharas Land or whatever. So, you know, like, yeah, you're yeah, right. He... Mario's a jerk. 
he has he has lots of different girls he goes after. Yeah. Like and Pauline, that's not, right. Donkey he's not Kong. a one yeah, he's not a he's not a one woman man. Like he's just <laughs> at, he's just after whoever is gonna give him what he wants at the time. <laughs> like, well man, now you've convinced me, like I think Mario's a villain. <laughs> Screw that guy. Man, what a jerk. I I mean I didn't Okay, I'll admit I did kind of want to like ruin Mario, but like, yeah, I I still like I said I'm not gonna go full villain either. He does rescue people. He does help the toads out. He does do some nice things. I think that Mario from Super Mario Sunshine isn't wholly a bad person. Okay, and but I just I think that as we said before, if you say an antihero is more selfish, I think that Mario's motives are more selfish than anything. And if it was like, Mario, sacrifice your life to save us, he'd be like, no, and like jump away. <laughs> he would uh, not be into that. He'd be like, take Luigi. And like, wow. Like, he's that's so the kind would, of person though. he is to me. He so would. He would. <laughs> he totally would. He would sacrifice any amount of dinosaurs, monkeys, or little brothers before he would sacrifice himself. Because... <laughs> That's the kind of person he is. The sad thing is that I think Luigi would actually sacrifice <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yes. I think Luigi <laughs> is the true hero hero of the yes. Mario universe because yes. Luigi would be like anything for you and like he would sacrifice himself. <laughs> yes. Luigi is such a little cinnamon roll and he's the nicest and his brother is a jerk to him, but he loves him anyways. Oh yeah. And Luigi would throw himself in a volcano to save the world if he had to. Yes. So he's the ultimate Mario universe hero and Mario is the anti-hero along with Wario and Bowser is I don't know an anti-villain let's say yay but baby Bowser he's he's the he's the hero of my heart because he's such a little sweetie and I love him and I can never never see him as a villain he is cute so, I like playing as him in Mario Kart Double Dash he is cute in that you know yeah and he he's he's got his own reasons for doing things. Like I said, he's not like baby Bowser's out there murdering people. Like exactly, he, yeah. He he's just, just what like what did he do? He he like he created Shadow he Mario. Graffitis. Yeah, graffiti. He, yeah. He, oh, he got he got some paint everywhere. Better kill this baby. Yeah. <laughs> like no, Let's he's see. just some mischievous baby. Spreads paint everywhere. Kills a baby. Who's worse? <laughs> yeah. Come on. Obviously, Mario's Mario is the villain of that in the end. But no, so that's that's my opinion. I think that Mario is an antihero. Case closed on that. So, unless anyone has any lost thoughts on heroes or antiheroes, I think we're going to wrap it up now. So, actually, we'll give a chance right now. So, any last final thoughts, wrap ups, or any like social media shoutouts you want to do here at the end, starting with Chloe. I will never think of Mario in the same way ever again. <laughs> You're welcome. I mean, I'm sorry. Why? Why? I even have a, a Mario toy on my desk right now. I can't look at it the same way. <laughs> Turn it around. Yeah. Just gonna always think of Mario as this inherently selfish human being. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. Bowser kidnaps women, but I'm just like, you know, <laughs> I'm convinced. <laughs> Maybe he's not that bad. I mean... Maybe uh, Bowser's just lonely and yeah. has, you know, doesn't understand. 
We don't know the customs there. Maybe that's how you get wives. <laughs> no one ever told Bowser that <laughs> you're not supposed to kidnap people <laughs> when yeah. you want to marry them. Yeah. Maybe, I say that's what I'm saying, maybe that's just Koopa tradition. Maybe it's like, you find that woman you like, you kidnap her. <laughs> like You bring her back, she'll fall in love with you. And he grew up like, yeah. And then he found Peach and he's like, oh, she's so beautiful. I'm going to prove my love by taking her from that dirty plumber. And then it's hey. like, oh, he's the villain now. <laughs> I will yeah, continue just thinking. to argue this way. <laughs> it's just like maybe someone should have just been Bowser's friend instead and maybe just gotten him a Tinder account and just been like, you know what, buddy? You're all set. <laughs> Find yourself a girl of your dreams. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Okay. Any final thoughts um, from Trevor then? Well, one last consideration on Wario. He actually did start as a villain, as I referenced in Super Mario Land 2. So not only is he my favorite anti-hero, but he's also an anti-hero who started as a villain in Super Mario Land 2. Though, you actually fight him as the final boss in Super Mario Land 2, and that's the first time you see him. But with Christine's case, perhaps we would consider in Super Mario Land 2, Wario to be, like, the anti-villain hero, it it gets complicated, you know, it, it's complicated. <laughs> I, I don't know, the Mario universe and hero-villain considerations perhaps is right up there with quantum physics. Um, <laughs> so anyway, that and, um, uh, yeah, at Benny the Guard, all lowercase, underscores between the words, that's me. <laughs> Yeah, and Chloe, I know you have Twitter, so do you want to do any or any social media shout outs for you? Oh yeah, you can follow me at um intern Chloe I N T Chloe Spencer. Um and that's how you can find me in my ridiculous meme collage. That's my background for my that's my Twitter cover photo. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so wrapping up, I will say I'm sorry if I ruined Mario for you, but also mm. I'm not really that sorry because oh. I've been looking forward to this all day. Oh. And <laughs> really think about who your favorite heroes and villains are. You know, if you want to come at me for the Mario thing, you can find me on Twitter at Kimchi Christie, K I M C H I K R I S T Y and try to disprove that and if you follow me you can see lots of cute pets and maybe some more mario rants who knows uh so that is all for this episode of the game luster podcast so thank you so much to both chloe and trevor for joining me today and we'll see you next time 